So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I don't know you play football. coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Fondly when we were growing up, so he was. He, and that was before, you know, you, 
you, you knew about politics and you know left right any of that stuff it was just oh that's the president and he's he was funny he, he was always telling jokes you know i, I and, and people were were you know doing impressions of him all the time on, on on late night talk show i thought that was pretty funny and he seemed to get a kick out of it so i was like ronald reagan he was my you know they call him the great communicator and i always appreciated that about him well, that's my impression of uh, Robert Reagan. <laughs> Not too bad. Um, that's right. That's my favorite president, too, because you and I were the same age. We're big 80s guys. So that's, I mean, that was really my first exposure to really what a president did. And I was uh, one of those kids, and I would come home, and I'd watch the news. And yeah. uh, I would watch the local news. I would watch the nightly news. And I saw a lot of Ronald Reagan. And as a kid, I kept up with uh, – I don't really want to say politics, but just what was going on around me. And uh, that has served me very well when I play uh, pub trivia, which I do on Monday mm-hmm. nights as well. But uh, Ronald Reagan, what was his other – I mean, he had so many nicknames. I had friends that called him Ronbo um, because of the whole Rambo thing and because he, he didn't take any crap either. But one of my favorite nicknames of him was the Teflon president because nothing stuck to him. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, he had a lot of, a lot of, uh, yeah. But he he was such a charismatic and 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 guy. I think I think that's how he was able to, to, as you said, have things just slide right off of him. But yeah, and he was such a he was such a a nice guy too. So I think that 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 helped. Yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of uh, of Ronald Reagan, and I think before that, if we take Ronald Reagan off the table, I think my other favorite president would be FDR. Not knowing much of his politics, but just, I mean, like, four terms is pretty amazing, and the fact that, uh, I mean, he was the president during World War II, and, uh, you know, neutrality stuff, and next thing you know, all right, we're going in. Pearl Harbor happens, we're going in. But, of course, this is not a uh, a president's talk show. It is not a historical talk show. Um, it's a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. So uh, we need to talk about history with the Pittsburgh Steelers of the last week. And, of course, as always, these guys kind of make it easy for us to do podcasts because we always have something to talk about. And, as always, Antonio Brown had a busy week, whether it be with his mouth or tweeting. Well, basically with tweeting. So his fingers had a busy week because we haven't heard much from him. Um, first, he's liking a tweet that uh, alleges Ben Roethlisberger of uh, raping two college students. Um, then he's uh, then he's talking about how uh, they have a, he has a mutual respect with Ben Roethlisberger, but how Ben yeah. Roethlisberger is more like an owner. And he can get away with what he wants because he's more like the owner of the team. Um, then he's not going to talk to Art Rooney, too, when he comes down to Florida because he has a place down there. And now he's going to talk to him because of respect. Out of respect, he's going to go ahead and talk to him. We talk about your gut feeling every week, Tony. What's going to happen with Antonio Brown this week? And I know we don't want to be A-B all the time, but, hey, that's really what is hanging over us right now. 
So well, I mean, that's, that's, factor that's, fiction. That's the big. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, factor fiction. Antonio Brown will be with the Pittsburgh Steelers for training camp and for the start of the regular season. I've never felt so strongly about an answer. I'm going to say fiction. After after last week and 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 you know the stuff he said about Ben on you know, tweeted about you know how Ben is an owner's mentality and all that stuff. I mean, you can't. You can't come back from that. And on top of all that, liking a tweet about, you know, the the rape allegations from, well, I guess, 2009, 2010, that era. I mean, that's like something some goofball on Facebook would do who's a Patriots fan who hates the Steelers. Why would you do that to to your teammate? It, it, that's just awful. So, I mean, he's lost, I've lost a lot of respect for him in the last four or five days. I mean, you, you go on Twitter. And you want to, you know, talk about you want to put you talk about how your your coach called you out for quitting when you did quit, about how your quarterback, you know, you want to have you don't have a conflict with your quarterback, but you do have a conflict with your quarterback, obviously because he, because you're basically saying that he's he's trying to uh, have authority over you. Well, he's a franchise quarterback. He's supposed to uh, hold you accountable in practice, which is what how this whole thing blew up between them in the first place because he he wanted to hold him accountable for running the wrong route. Well, I mean, he's the franchise quarterback. You have to listen to what he says. He's the captain. He's the leader. So, anyway, uh, uh, fiction, he's not going to be back. And uh, I I could tell that is uh, – Tony, I've known you for a long time. I worked with you uh, for a little over two years now, and that's the most conviction I've heard in your voice. And – it sounds like you are fed up, and I I have no problem with that because as a fan, I'm fed up. I just yeah. I just want harmony. It's like I tell my kids, I'm like, look, just get along. I don't well, care I mean, with your. What? It, it, it's the thing with the the the, 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 the rape. I mean, there are certain areas you don't go into, and to me, that's that's just low that's just low to to like a tweet like that that's awful so that's where i i've lost that's where antonio brown finally lost me as a fan as whatever see you later i know he's great but i i just he can't he can't come back next year that's where i uh i messaged a friend that sent it to me because i i've i have a friend who uh very big Steeler fan his name's mike and mike is uh Mike accuses me of being an Antonio Brown apologist because when this whole thing started to blow up right after the uh, the Cincinnati game, I was like, yeah, but can they win without him? And then I changed my tune to, I don't know if they can win with him or without him um, at this yeah. point. So that's going to lead into my next question. How many games – and this is not the main theme. The main theme I'll get to in a moment of the show. But how many games do you think the Steelers will uh, lose because of not having Antonio Brown? And that's that's, well, that's, that's, well, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's, that's a double-edged sword. And you said you were a, a Brown apologist. I was too. I mean, the guy's phenomenal. He's the best receiver in team history, regardless of you know what stats he winds up with when he finally – becomes the next Steeler. He's there's no doubt he's the greatest receiver that they've ever had. So 
you know, he's going to be hard to replace. So, I mean, he's won so many games for them over the years. If you look back the last two or three years alone, he's probably won six or seven games for them on his own. So I'm going to say how many games are they going to lose without him? I'd say two or three very easily, yeah. So basically, and that's kind of what I was thinking, Um, basically I'm following the old baseball, um, not old baseball, but the uh, baseball stat for wins, um, what is it, wins against replacement? Uh, Wins above replacement. Wins above replacement, thank you. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what I was looking to see what his war is. Um, it's probably about two or three, but that leads to me me to what the what the theme of the show is, and it's basically about how Ben Roethlisberger not is going to respond, but how he's going to fare as the only killer bee left at this point, because the killer bees used to be three, and now. With, I mean, it's pretty much looking like that there's going to be two departures, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. So it's Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the, the lone bee or the king bee, or maybe he's always been the king bee, and maybe that's what the problem is. I don't know. But can Ben Roethlisberger, let's just say Ben Roethlisberger's 2019 performance. So fact or fiction, Ben Roethlisberger's 2019 performance will be the deciding factor for a Steelers championship. That doesn't mean he's going to win them a championship, but is it basically all on Ben's shoulders at this point? Fact or fiction? Oh, fact. I, I, think, I think it's always fact. I think, you know, you, you mentioned how many games could they lose without Brown. Well, I mean, if you if you asked that about Ben, it'd be probably 10 or 11. I mean, he's, He's a, you know, you you know what what happens in, in mo- to most teams when they lose a quarterback of his caliber, even for a, two months. I mean, their season goes down the toilet. So, you know, he, you know, even though I hate this term addition by sub- subtraction, as far as Ben is concerned, when it comes to Antonio, because we know that he 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 almost feels obligated to force him to football. I mean, we've talked about this. I think 2017 we talked about it a lot. We talked about it a, a lot last year. He does like to force the ball to him. A lot, and when he was at his best last season, he was spreading it around to everybody. I mean, we we saw those games, Carolina, so many of those games, like you know Vance McDonald, Jesse James, James Conner out of the backfield. He was spreading it around to everybody. So I think he could actually be a more efficient quarterback without Antonio Brown around, and and that might be whistling past the graveyard because I know how great he is. But I think fact. I think he, you know, it's he's his performance will determine how how far they go next year, as it always does. Well, Tony, I love the term addition by subtraction, and I use it. I probably use it way too much, and I really think it's got to be. And you brought something up to me about forcing the ball to uh, Antonio Brown, and if I'm not mistaken. Every interception that Ben threw last year, with the exception of the pick six that he threw in the uh, Cincinnati game that that, uh, was not being played by Antonio Brown, but I believe almost every interception was going to Antonio, if I'm not mistaken. And that's something that I guess, you know, I'll have to get our, uh, our stat guy, Dave Schofield, in on that. But I think that's 
pretty much the case. Would you agree? Yeah, I think somebody mentioned that uh, it was either during the season or right after the season that uh, that the the vast majority, anyway, of interceptions that been through last year were passes to Antonio Brown. And if you if you look back and you know with your mind's eye, it, I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, there were, there were a lot of uh, a lot of interceptions where Antonio was the target. So so I think that I think that ha- that holds a lot of water. I think it would be safe to say about 90 to 95%. I know of one that wasn't, and it was the uh, the crucial one. They were they were up pretty big in the first half against the Los Angeles Chargers, and he underthrew a ball to uh, Vance McDonald. Um, I can actually picture that right now. That just popped into my head. But I mm-hmm. think pretty much every other one was going A.B.'s way. So, so – is this we talk about the window being shut, um, and we're not talking about that this week. How much can Juju do to go ahead and replace um, replace AB at this time, or is it just contingent on them getting a quality number two receiver? Well, I think I mean I think you have to find an adequate replacement. You're not going to find Antonio, of course. You know, it's like trying to find Jerry Rice. But um, if you you know you're not, I think it's important for people to to to, to no, they're not going to lose 100 receptions if Antonio Brown's not here. But if you can find 70 receptions or 65 or 75, that might be enough to to take the pressure off of Juju. And then if you you know if you can find a, a decent slot receiver, which, you know, Eli Rogers might be that guy, or James Washington might be that guy, although he's more of a number two, I guess, so if he can step it up. And then you have the, the tight end, so uh, yeah, I think uh, I think you, you have to find an adequate number two for Juju, whether that's James Washington or, or a free agent, and, you know, or drafting somebody, which they're pretty adept at, as we found out over the years. Yeah, but what we found out, and Juju was the exception, but it still took him a good six or seven games to really become that guy. Um, and I, I think they they need that week one. And I almost think that uh, you know my gut is saying that they've got to bring somebody in, um, not in the draft. I mean, they're going to bring somebody in the draft, but mm-hmm. unless it's a number one like a first round receiver, like a can't miss prospect. Um, I would see them having to go and uh, get some kind of free agent. Um, I know there's not a lot out there, but there's some guys like a Terrell Williams from the Los Angeles Chargers, a Dontrell Inman that proved to be pretty good number twos last year. So I'm wondering if it's just a guy like that. Because 60 catches can be done. Gosh, we saw we saw uh, Troy Edwards do 60 catches his rookie season. and He was just not really the best receiver, and it wasn't the best season at all when he came in 2009, excuse me, 1999. But I'm wondering if uh, they, they need to find an existing starter to go in, and I'm wondering if it's not Juju's performance that we're worried about, or it's just the fact that opposite Juju is more paramount. So who do you think's bigger? 
I know you just said that they need to bring a number two in, but who do you think the onus is on more, the bullseye? Is it on Juju Smith-Schuster, or is it on a quality number two to take uh, to take uh, opposition and defenders away from Juju? I think it has to be on, on, on the uh, the guy taking the, the pressure off, because I think you – you know, if, if you if you can take Antonio Brown away, and obviously you could, you could take just about any receiver in the league away, and, and teams were getting pretty good at that last year. So, I think you need to find somebody that takes the pressure off of him. And, and hey, that maybe that comes in an Antonio Brown trade. I mean, we, we don't know. Obviously, they're not going to get equal value back in terms of a receiver for him. But maybe they can find a a number two guy a team is willing to part with. You, you know, for Antonio Brown, we'll never know, but. I think it has to be the onus has to be on on finding somebody to take the pressure off because as good as Juju is, no receiver can can withstand double and triple teams all season long. Not that he would necessarily get that kind of attention yet. Teams might not respect him as much, so he might get a, he might have a a decent year just because of that. But eventually, if you don't have anybody, you know, threatening on the other side. Then you know it's 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 all juju all day long as far as coverage. Well, we saw that we saw that in that final game of the season. I don't know exactly yes. what juju's line was, but uh, and there might have been inadequate time to go ahead and prepare that um, on that December thirtieth game. But what I'm thinking is that you definitely. I agree with you completely. They definitely have to have somebody to go ahead and take the pressure off of Juju because he was not too effective until late in that game on the final day of the the regular season. And we can go ahead and go ahead and look at his numbers. And I know they weren't fantastic. And here they are. I'm pulling them up right here. He had five receptions for 37 yards and a touchdown which was uh, Paramount, the guy who had the most receiving yards that day had three receptions in James Washington for 64 yards. So Eli Rogers in the slot had seven for 57. Um, and everything else was uh, tight ends with the exception of uh, – tight ends or running backs, excuse me, with the exception of two yards going to Ryan Switzer. So that might be, as we stand right now, it looks like it's Juju and James with Eli Rogers in the slot. Um, but they're not going to be able to live with just 15 receptions um, from the top three guys because that's just averaging five apiece from the wide receiver core. Um, with that being said, or and if you throw in that, that Ryan Switzer catch, that's uh, an average of four for every receiver. I don't think that's what the makeup's going to be. Um, I really don't. I, I think uh, James Washington definitely has to has to uh, take a step forward. But I think you would agree that somebody there's got to be a new guy and a new number in there if Antonio Brown is not. Now, with that being said. Back to Juju real quick. Juju has superstar in the making potential, but can he be a perennial pro bowler 
in a perennial all-pro position. And this is, with or without, let's not even talk about the number two. Just, do you think Juju Smith, excuse me, Juju Smith-Schuster could be the next number one guy for not only the Steelers, but in the league? Oh, absolutely I do. I think he would have been a number one pick had it not been for a such a run on cornerbacks when he when he when he came out in twenty seventeen. I mean he has all the tools. I mean he has the size, he has the he, he has enough speed. He might not be a, a, a you know the fastest guy in the league, but he's already proven in two years that he, you know how many ninety yard touchdowns does he have he has three if you can you know count the kickoff return. So I mean he he has the speed and you know he has the size, he he has the toughness, he has the smarts, you know he has the passion. He has everything. I think. I think he can be a stud, and I think he already is a stud. And and it's just a matter of time before he becomes a an all pro. You know, obviously, like we just said, there's a lot of, you know, that has to be determined. You know, getting adequate help for him. But other than that, I think he he has everything that he needs to be a superstar. Continuing on with this conversation, um, I agree with you real quick on Juju. I mean, there's not really much that I have to say on that. I really think he has he has the makings, but I still think he's going to need some help. But, you know, and that's that's without saying. But Ben Roethlisberger, can he do this now without Antonio Brown? Does, I mean, because we're talking about a guy that uh, is about to become the longest tenured Pittsburgh Steeler of all time going into his 16th season. So with, I mean, when he steps on the field, if he steps on the field week one for the Steelers, there is no one that has had more seasons than him at this point. The only other one that had 15, if I'm not mistaken, that was Mike Webster. I believe that there would be nobody else to rival him. Um, And that's something we could go ahead and look back, look up, but, uh, I'm pretty sure that's correct. That's something I uh, researched for an article not too long ago. Um, I would say about six months ago. So Ben is going to be the longest tenured Steeler. And is he at the point of his career that he can still do it all on his own? Well, he, I mean, if you look at a lot of, you know, if you look around the league, I mean, there's quarterbacks his age and older that are still doing it, and he hasn't really shown. Uh, I mean, other than his, you know the interceptions, and, we, and we've we've talked about that maybe he was forcing it to AB a little bit too much, but you know his arm strength was still there. You know his his uh, his accuracy is still there. He's still actually he's actually still pretty pretty mobile. You know, so he can he can I think he he can still do it. He, you know, he just. You know he's been he's played with with AB for so long now. You know they've had such great chemistry. It's going to be hard to to be as effective. There's there's no arguing that without without AB because AB you know deserves a lot of credit for making Ben a better quarterback at, at you know the last five or six years. Yeah, you can't take that away from him. So, but yeah, I mean until he proves otherwise, I think he can still do it because he he hasn't shown me yet that he can't do it. So until he proves that he that he doesn't have the the physical ability anymore, I'm still going to believe that that he is a, a an elite quarterback in this league. Do you think Ben's defiance, Tony, is going to be a big positive in 2019? And when I say his defiance, 
It's like, uh, you know, hey, I'll prove it to you. You think I can't do it anymore? <laughs> I'll show you. Remember after the Jacksonville game, um, in the regular season Jacksonville game in 2017, where uh, that was week five, and he had a five-interception game, and he uh, he was being a little facetious. And, oh, I guess I just don't have it anymore. And you knew deep hmm. down that he was saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to show you. You just, you just wait. Hold on to your hat. And he really did. And he ended up having a very good season and uh, another all, excuse me, another Pro Bowl season there. So do you really think that's what Ben has in store for us in 2019? A little bit of defiance next day. Oh yeah, I think he, I, I think he enjoys uh, people counting him out. I think I think he likes that. I think he likes that kind of challenge. You know, he, he has that kind of personality. I think there's no question about that. So, you know, I mean, if the if the Patriots can 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 thrive on the on the underdog uh, playing the underdog card like they did. And I think the, I think Big Ben definitely can. And I think he's because he knows that people are going to question whether or not he can do it without number eighty four because they, they they have the most touchdowns in franchise history. I think right between the two at seventy four. So um, yeah, people are going to be yeah. are going to be uh, doubting him. So he's going to be motivated. Maybe that's what he needs. You know, if he if he needed any more motivation, maybe maybe that's going to help him going into 2019 to say, hey, look, I don't need a B. You know, I'm still the, I'm still the, the straw the straw that stirs the drink in Pittsburgh. I won Super Bowls without him. I won Super Bowls with Randall L. and Heinz Ward. I can win I can win Super Bowls with other receivers. I don't I don't need the best in the game to win a, to win a Super Bowl. I've proven that in the past. So, you know, I think I think I think it will be a good thing for him next year, Brian. So here's uh, here's another question for you now. Um, well, let's just make this a factor fiction. The Pittsburgh Steelers will be back in the playoffs in the AFC Championship game in 2019. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's February, so I'm just going to say fact. I mean, it's there's so much that can happen between now and and. And start of the season, we just don't know what the makeup's going to be. I mean, we talked about the receivers. We really don't know, you know, how this is all going to shake out as far as AB is concerned. I mean, we we pretty much know he's going to be gone, but we don't know how he's going to be replaced, and we don't know about you know the running back situation yet. They're still t- they're talking about transitioning Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if that's going to happen, but but you know we just don't know what the makeup's going to be, and and they have been so. They're, they're not going to have as tough a schedule next year because, at least on paper, because they didn't even make the playoffs, so they're going to be playing with a, a third-place schedule. So you know how the NFL is. You know, one year you're out of the playoffs, the next year you're in the in the Super Bowl. So yeah, I think I think they can uh, they can definitely bounce back next year. So we'll just have to wait and see how how this off season shakes out. Another factor fiction: lack of egos on his team will actually make Mike Tomlin a better coach, fact or fiction? I think it's fact. I think, you know, um, we, t- I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago with, you know, the recent draft classes. I think they, they learned their lesson. You know, you don't want to – you don't want too many problem childs in your, in your locker room. And I think Mike Tomlin's learned a lesson about enabling people. You know, I think you have to put the hammer down a little bit on your superstars. Even if, even if they are superstars, I think you, have, you can't let them get away with too much. So I think a, a, a lack of ego would definitely make him a better coach because I think 
he's going to have, he, I think he already has a locker room of better people now based on the last few draft classes. I think there's, there, there are better characters in that locker room and to go along with the veterans, like, 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 a, a, you know, uh, Marquis Pouncey and Cam Hayward guys who are, who are natural leaders who, who, who will follow, who hopefully these younger guys will follow and you don't have an AB in there and you don't have a bell in there as distractions. I think it'll definitely make him a better coach because his message will get through because they're going to want to listen to him as opposed to Antonio Brown, who didn't want to listen, who doesn't want to listen to anybody, apparently. You know what? You're absolutely right, but he does want to listen to somebody. And this was, you didn't know this, this was my next question to you. And he does mm-hmm. listen to some, somebody, and he listens to the fans and the negativity. So we're talking about how we really need Antonio Brown to shut up and quit tweeting. But doesn't that go the same with the fans? Do you think the fans are making this worse? Because I do. Well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, everything <laughs> everything that they do on social media makes makes it worse. I mean, it, the, the, the reactions on social media are always negative. I mean, you know, Antonio Brown, no matter what he tweets now or what he posts on social media, it's negative, negative uh, uh, reactions. I mean, anything Steeler related on social media that has nothing to do with Antonio Brown. It's fire Mike Tomlin. They need to get rid of Tomlin. Well, you know that that kind of thing. So yeah, the fans make everything worse, and he doesn't have the. It, it appears to me that Antonio Brown doesn't not have the emotional or mental makeup right now to deal with stuff like that. So yeah, they're definitely pouring gas on the fire, and there's no doubt about that in my mind, Brian. In the media as well, and uh, I believe that Le'Veon Bell was read too much that was going on on Twitter and social media, just by thinking that nobody wanted him here. Um, you know, fans are going to react emotional, but you got to keep in, and Brown's doing the same thing. But when you have the fan, 93.7, I'm, I'm plugging them, but I'm going to blast them too. Because I, I talk about how much I respect them last week. Then they turn around and go ahead and book a day to go ahead and turn in your Antonio Brown jerseys and get a Juju one. Basically, what it was. No, they're now I'll give them credit. They weren't going to burn them. They're like, we're not burning them. We're going to give them to somebody that needs them. But it was basically telling them to get out of town. And if I mm-hmm. saw that, and I I consider myself a level-headed person, but that's completely uh, that's completely uh, ripping the band-aid off on this side. And I think it's way yeah. too early. I think you turn and do that after he already goes because if there's a chance to fix this, that makes it even worse. So I think the media yeah. needs to shut the hell up. And I think the fans need to do it too, as well as AB and let it play out. Yeah. Well, I mean, who is the, it's, it's who is a, one of the most, go ahead. Belo- go ahead. No, you go ahead. First. Well, I mean, it's a, it's like if 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 I'm the Steelers and I, you know the ninety three seven a fan, I mean, who doesn't want access to the Steelers? If I'm the Steelers, I'm saying to them, hey, do us a favor and knock it off. I mean, we have to have a, we might have to have a relationship with this guy next year, and you're making it worse. So I, you know, if I'm the Steelers, I'm telling ninety three seven the fan, if you want access to our players, you need to quit doing stuff like this because this is kind of ridiculous. But anyway, go ahead. 
No, I I agree with that. I I have a uh, I have a problem with any station that that promotes a player, has a show with a player, then turns around four or five hours later and another and another show completely rips them to shreds. And that's not mm-hmm. just Pittsburgh station. That's everywhere. Um, and I realize that the media has a responsibility, but the media doesn't have to ignite the fire. And I think that. Uh, happening on Thursday and uh, Brown came out with a vengeance on Friday because of it. And so it's just, it's just one of those things that, uh, that I'd like to see a lot of people just stop talking and uh, realize that this is a fragile human being on the other side. And that's kind of what I'm, uh, I'm believing too. I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that Antonio Brown is a piece of garbage. He's a, a spoiled athlete. I just don't think that way. I, uh, I'm kind of done with it. I'm done with the situation, mm-hmm. especially for the same that you are. But I also kind of, I still you know, contend that the man is very fragile right now and needs a lot of help. Yeah. And we, we need to put ourselves into his his shoes a little bit more and I really think the fans need to do that but with that being said I just wanted to get that off my chest because I saw that happening last week and I was thoroughly disgusted and I didn't want to listen to it anymore because uh, if Juju was the reason that uh, that Antonio Brown was getting upset and promoting his jerseys over uh, uh over Antonio Brown's and just saying, hey, we don't want you here, go away. That just doesn't help things. But I want to ask you a question. Who in history would you say are the most beloved Steelers of all time? And I'm going to just say from the 70s, because um, I'm, I'm going in a specific direction here. Oh, if I had to pick from the 70s, it's, it's, that's easy. It's, it's, the most beloved were definitely it was Franco and, and Jack Lambert. I mean, that's Universally, I mean, to, to this day, Jack Lambert's probably the most beloved player from that era. And then Franco, I mean, you know, like Joe Green said, we, we never won anything before him and, we, and we, we, we haven't won any after him, you know, meaning that team. So, yeah, I, uh, I, those two were definitely the most beloved, I think, from that, from that era. 1984, Franco Harris held out. Noel said, Franco who? Next thing you know, he's in Seattle. Yeah. Um, 1977 or 78, Jack Lambert held out and wanted traded. He did not want to show up at all, did not like how he was being compensated. He blasted the team, but it was very little known. And Simon Chester yeah. from Behind the Silk wrote a very good article on this um, a couple of weeks ago, and it also mentioned other players that wanted to go on that team they ended up keeping them but in this age now when fans catch wind of it and everything's on social media you when they get involved it gets a whole lot worse yeah. like if social media was around then because Lambert wasn't going to put up with that crap he's like you don't want me here I'm right. gone and I mean, you, he would have said a few a few choice words yeah. and he was beloved Franco ended up leaving. Now, Franco thinks that was one of the biggest mistakes he ever made. But the fans were not – he didn't have the access to the fans 
neither one of them have the access to the fans like they do now. And the problem right. that we have now with with the Le'Veons and the Antonio Browns is that they can see and hear this stuff and read this stuff. And yeah. maybe it does make them feel unwanted. And it's really funny because you watch on uh, – I've seen with the whole Le'Veon Bell situation, a lot of players took up for Le'Veon Bell. And a lot of players are going to go ahead and take up for Antonio Brown. And do you think what's going on with the fans and with these two high-profile situations, that this might affect somebody wanting to come here in free agency? Because, you know, a little bit it does me. I think so. Well, yeah, I think, you know, if you have two players like that um, who – fell out of favor. I mean, one wants to leave because of, of personal dealings, and the other one uh, felt, feels like he didn't, he's not being compensated fairly. Yeah, I mean, I think that could – and then you have the fans on top of that who who quickly sided with the team in both uh, situations. Yeah, it might make a player say, mm, I, don't, I don't know about that, you know. And, you know, there's all this talk about this, the, the, the ongoing soap opera with the organization – so yeah, it might make uh, free agents say, eh, "I don't know, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll go somewhere else uh, to a team with a lot less drama." Do you have a favorite restaurant? You don't have to say what it is. Oh yeah, yeah, I have a favorite. Okay, so if uh, if, if the chef leaves, or I mean, I don't know, is this a chain, or is this? Your favorite restaurant is it a chain where you can get to in every city, or is it just a local establishment? It's a it's a a, a place right down the street. It's a it's a Chinese uh, buffet. I don't even know who the chef is. So it wouldn't it wouldn't matter to me. I would still go. Okay. Well, what I'm saying, so if they did, if somebody there that's responsible for the food that you're eating right now decides that they want to go somewhere else for a better opportunity, that they, that maybe they had a falling out with management. Um, would you care? Would it, would you begrudge them as a person or would you say, Hey buddy, I mean, you know, I agree. You deserve to get what you want. Go somewhere else. Those, I mean, I support you. Well, yeah, I, I, I always put myself in their shoes and, if it were me and, and you know, you're living in that vacuum of, of their reality, if they think they're not being compensated fairly, as, you know, with regard, you know, relevant to their, to their colleagues, then, yeah, why wouldn't you want to go somewhere else and, 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 and get what you're worth? So I would never hold that against anybody. I, I've never, I never have. I, I, you know, I've always felt that anybody deserves a right to go anywhere they want and, uh, and better themselves. So no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I wouldn't hold that against them. I would still go to the restaurant, though, if, as long as the, the next chef was really good. And I think that's, 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 you know, why sports is so great, because there's always somebody else that comes along and, and replaces a great chef, if you will. So I think that's, that's clearly what we need to believe in. We need to believe in the franchise, then. We need to believe in yeah. the restaurant, with quotations. Let's uh, let's put that out there. You know, we just need to believe that they can go ahead and create the same type of atmosphere and wins, and then 
hopefully that this is just a, a situation where these people aren't happy, and hopefully they're happy somewhere else. Look, I want Antonio Brown to be happy. I don't care yeah. what uniform he's in. I don't begrudge him. Look, man, I'm a divorced man. I'm in my second marriage. I've been in my second marriage for 12 years. I've been very happy, and I, I have two wonderful kids on it, out of it. My ex-wife, which she would be the first one to tell you that she's the reason that we got divorced, and she'd be the first one to tell you that. And But do you think I hate her? No. I, I had love for her when I loved her when I first got married to her. And the reason I'm bringing this up, I loved Antonio Brown as a football player. It's going sour. I wish him well. Just like if I heard something that happened to her, I still have contact with her. My wife knows about it. I mean, you know, through social media, I'm actually friends with her on Facebook. And I want nothing but happiness for her. And I hope at this point, it's been a long time now, um, but I hope at this point that uh, the great things happen to her in her life and she feels good and there'll be no jealousy on my end. For me, if Antonio Brown goes somewhere else, and Le'Veon Bell goes somewhere else, I'll never forget that it was, quote-unquote, what I think their fault. However, I'm not going to stop rooting for them as, as people. Take the football thing off the field. I hope they have good lives. But I know there's some yeah. fans out there that won't feel that way. But we got to start putting the human element back in this thing. And start thinking of these guys as chefs at a restaurant that go somewhere else for a better opportunity because they just they just don't feel like they're we're being treated with their worth. You know, that's what I think, and I could be way off, but uh, I think we need to start shutting up and let the Steelers and Antonio Brown and the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell take care of their own business. I agree, and uh, I mean, I, I, it, you know, this is why it's, it's such a sad uh, turn of events because, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, I mean, I, I, there was one a, a time where I thought Antonio Brown was the best football player in the NFL. I still think he he's one of the best, you know, but he, he, he right now he's clearly not happy, and you know, with his work situation, and we can all relate to that. I can relate to that right now. I mean, I started a new job and I'm stressed out every day, so I know what it's like to not want to be in a certain work environment so you know if if he needs to get away and go somewhere else for his mental and emotional health and more power to him and as far as Antonio I'm sure it's Le'Veon Bell that's just a business thing as far as I'm concerned he probably didn't handle it the, the, the best way on social media but you know who handles anything right on social media anymore it's such a you know like you said if Jack Lambert had access to social media 40 years ago, he, he would have told everybody to, you know, to go somewhere. So, um, yeah, oh, I, I wish them ugly. both. Yeah. I wish them both nothing but the best. And, and, and right now the feelings might not be, you know, the feelings are what they are, you know, when it, any relationship goes sour, but you know, time and distance, as they say, heals all wounds. So, you know, I think in time, most people, not all, as you said, not all, but most people will appreciate what the two of them, did for this organization, you know, and, you know, some people are talking about the Super Bowl and that's it, but there are going to be eras where great players exist and they don't win championships. Rob Woodson's a perfect example. Would you say, you know, 
Uh, we, never, we don't have Rob Woodson on our team today, no, you know, because he's one of the best cornerbacks who ever lived. He just happened to play in an era where, he, you know, he, he wasn't on a team that was good enough to win a Super Bowl. You know, same with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. You know, they just happened to play, you know, play in, in, in an era where they didn't win a Super Bowl. It doesn't make them any less great. In the eyes of some, it does, but that's their problem, I guess. But uh, I, I wish them both the best. You know what, and I'm that way with James Harrison. I love James Harrison. I loved him as a stealer. You know, as a guy outside of the organization, I actually met him once. He was really cool to me, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I, but, you know, and I've, I've heard some things of him not being so good of a guy outside of it, too. I did not experience those uh, firsthand, but I've heard those things. So, I mean, that's, of course... I mean, it's noted, and I understand that. And a lot of people were so mad. They were burning their jerseys after everything came out last year. Um, The way he orchestrated his release, the way he was acting. But, you know, none of that to me, Tony, erases the feeling that he gave me in February of 2009. Yeah. I mean, that... And what he did that entire year, and watching that guy play, I enjoyed watching that guy play. And I, I wish it could have been different. I wish the Steelers handled James Harrison different. I really, uh, I really thought uh, that both parties could have handled the whole thing so much better. Um, still don't know exactly what happened, what kind of promises were made when he signed that contract. Don't know. But at this point, when he came back last year um, in the uh, Los Angeles Charger game to celebrate that uh, 2018, I was, thrilled, I was thrown to pieces. I mean, you know, a guy that we love right now, Troy Polamalu, he hasn't even come near that stadium. No. And he wasn't he's back had, for that issue, celebration. Yeah. And he has some ill will towards the team. And, but no one would say yeah. a bad thing about him. Um, so, you know, there's a human element in there. Troy has the right to feel the way he feels right now. I hope yeah, he gets he that worked out. I hope he comes back. James Harrison had a right to feel the way that he felt. And we just pick and choose who is allowed to have that right. Because if it goes against what we want as fans, then then we get angry about it. But we're going to see how this whole, this whole thing plays out in the next month. And so the next 30 years, it's really going to tell the story. The Steelers can make stuff very interesting with the Le'Veon Bell thing. Or they can just let them go. And everybody has a theory on that. Um, and they could get revenge on Le'Veon Bell right now. Or they could just say, hey, all right, you know, it's over. We're just gonna we're just gonna just completely end this. With with the Antonio Brown thing, it could get very interesting. They could not trade him and let him hold out and uh and punish him that way. Or they can say, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna get what we want out of you. Hopefully we can get what we want and you can get what you want and we both part. So there's so many things that can happen here. Spite's a powerful thing. I don't know if Spite will be involved. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know this. You and I, 
Um, Jeff, Dave, and I, Jeff and Lance, will have a lot of stuff to talk about on these Behind the Steel Curtain podcast, which we have for a week. And we continue to do in the off season. So with that being said, Tony, I thank you so much for joining me on what should be a boring Monday night in the off season, but thanks to uh Team Turmoil, it's not. So um Tony Defio from Behind the Stone Curtain, thank you. Well thank you, Brian. It was actually a very cathartic show. I really got a lot of my emotions out. So I, I uh I had a really good time. This is the second week in a row I've had a good time talking. So I guess these off-season podcasts are great, so I can't wait to talk to you next week. (laughs) And you will do so. Um, For Tony and for Behind the Steel Curtain, for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs, my name once again is Brian Anthony Davis from Behind the Steel Curtain, and we thank you for listening to us. With that being said, you, my friend, have just been hung over, and we'll see you next week. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.